to the 74th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm great. Second time this week. This, I think, is the first double episode that we, we've, we've been running. Yeah, so I thought we'd do an off-cycle podcast today because we just finished listening to the results for T-Mobile. Uh, and Charter and Comcast also re- reported recently, so I thought there was enough content there for us to spend some time talking through it. Who do you want to start with first? Well, let's start with with T-Mobile because there's always sunshine in Bellevue, Washington. The guys are so optimistic; they they're smiling from ear to ear that even the you know normally constant rain in in Seattle doesn't hurt their their good mood and their optimism that they they exude. So as somebody that's spent a lot of time in Factoria and in Bellevue, I, I have to say I, I for a long time associated the, the smell of wet pavement with, <laughs> with going to visit uh, T-Mobile. I, I remember, you know, get, I'd always get off the plane and then, you know, spend the next hour on the 405 going up to, to, to visit with them. But no, I think... Well, they, they have every right to smile, right? They they delivered a good quarter. They, they have everything to be proud of. They are leading. They have a head start on their on their five G network. They have to work a little bit harder to to catch AT and T on the postpaid phone side. But other than that, I thought it was really good. Yeah, pretty pretty solid across the board. I mean, I think you know with regards to the. Postpaid phone nets. It's only a difference of I think it's roughly forty four thousand phone net ads, yeah. right? So there was nothing. It's right? a it's a photo finish, right, between AT and T and T Mobile. T Mobile, as far as postpaid phone net ads. I also thought that the fixed wireless progress was quite impressive, right? So they added two hundred twenty four thousand fixed wireless subscribers. They now have over, I believe their their documents at six hundred thousand or so. Yeah. Fixed wireless folks or high speed internet folks, and five hundred and change this year. So right, right. So that's that's good momentum. The other thing I thought that was was interesting. You know, we've we've heard so much about C band, and I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up C band on on a podcast. Um, but they were <laughs> uh, Mike Sieber was quite magnanimous in terms of talking through. You know, we agree with the, the general position of of the other wireless carriers in the FCC with regards to this not being an issue with, you know, interfering with altimeters that are working correctly and so forth. So uh, I think it would have been easy for him to dunk on, on some of the issues that, you know, the C-band deployment has had, but it, it's good to see the industry sticking together. Yeah. But in two years, he had C-band too, right? Right. Yeah, no, it, it was, it was nice that the industry has a, has a combined thing. And it's by the way, it's interesting, and it didn't come up here. But now the what is it? The Emergency Connectivity Association, or somebody who's like in in charge of like the home alerts, is like now asking the uh, the, the White House to interfere with the shutdown of the three G networks because uh, because they fell asleep on the wheel over the last three years or so connecting the last people with 4G instead of 3G and they feel like the White House will interfere on their behalf because the White House interfered in the FAA thing. You know, when you open up a, a textbook for 
moral hazard, you know, <laughs> the shutdown of the 3G networks for for all of the the mobile network operators is coming and they have done the extra mile. They try to reach everybody, shove a free phone in their hand, and still a million or two people have refused the gift gifted horse. It's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can't wait for the, the, the last couple of Luddites for progress to go forward. But anyway, coming back to, to T-Mobile, they were very strong on, on and loud on their growth of accounts, which contrasts with Verizon, right? Verizon was like slightly, they had like nice net ads, but no growth in, in accounts. And your your revenue growth is much, much harder when you have no account growth than in T-Mobile's case where they had account growth. Yeah, well, I mean, I think one of the things that, that T-Mobile has going for them at this point is, you know, we've heard all of the the wireless carriers that are getting into the broadband business talk about how they get so many new net new customers from their broadband connections, right? So the number that Verizon and AT&T have thrown around is about 50% of their new customers either on fiber at AT&T or on fixed wireless at Verizon. T-Mobile was 40%. Are net today. new. Yeah, exactly. T-Mobile's 40%, right? And so I think, you know, it's interesting given that T-Mobile hasn't fully penetrated a lot of these rural areas where they're still building out or things of that nature. No, they built out. T-Mobile built out. T-Mobile has 200 million coverage. John, John uh, Fire had said on the call, though, that only roughly one-third of their full kind of fixed wireless footprint for rural has, has been made available, right? So they're still allocating capacity for that fixed wireless. It's not their entire footprint at this point. And they said most growth came in urban, suburban areas from cable, which... I found very interesting. Neither one of us are cable customers for our our landline connection anymore, but I don't remember them being that difficult to deal with. But there is a sizable connection that if you have a choice of another provider, they will take it. And, you know, we've just run a survey on that, right? Mm-hmm. What was it, like 6 7% said that if a, if a new provider becomes available, they'll go. On the broadband right. side, yeah. On the broadband side, right? Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And that's out of out of everybody, not just like there. Well, so I mean, it bodes, it bodes well for Verizon, I guess is my point, right? So if you look at, you know, Verizon added 78,000 fixed wireless net ads, and that's at the very, very beginning of C-band, right? Yeah, no, we're, we're pre-C-band for Verizon. This right. is pre-C-band. That, yeah, that for Q4, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, I mean, if you think figure that number doubles or, you know, wherever it, adds, it ends up, if you're still going to get about 50% net new customers from those relationships, then, then that potentially could help to increase that net account number at Verizon. But I agree, you know, one of the things that T-Mobile has done that I think has been really good is, is reporting accounts. You know, Verizon has always reported accounts. I, I would love to... CAT&T report accounts as well. Well, we we back we back them out through our survey, right? We we know that they're not that far off the line, but there was a free line promotion this uh, last quarter, right? There so was. there might have been some free lines in in the T-Mobile number, but you know, we've done a lot more math around that and 
Well, there's free lines. And then the other thing that they actually explicitly report is prepaid to postpaid migration. Migration. Right. And that was as high as it's ever been since they've been reporting it. So they moved 205,000 folks from prepaid over to postpaid. Yeah. And when you take that into account, the prepaid net ad is like almost 300,000. Right. And that's a very strong number because AT&T's prepaid numbers were like anemic at what, like 30, less than 30,000. Right. So, yeah, 29, 29,000 is what they reported. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see the dynamics that are going on there. And yeah, T-Mobile for the time is is sharing their wealth in terms of sprint lines to the rest of the industry. But I find it interesting that on the on the call, Mike Sievert said that their porting ratio is like near two. And we ran this afternoon numbers on, on our survey and we came basically up with the same number, right? Yep. Yeah, I think he had said that their magenta porting mat ratio was almost two. But there's clearly a, a very big difference between the sprint, the embedded sprint base and the and the magenta, what they call the magenta base. Well, we should go back after the call and do it look at the, the sprint base and what the porting there was. Yeah. Know? It should be interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe not. But anyway. Yeah, I mean I think they they keep on saying that, you know, our nets would have been so much better if we didn't have all these nasty Sprint customers that keep leaving. Yeah, <laughs> if we wouldn't have spent $26 billion for for Sprint, we would have been so much better off. Yeah, but but they do have those customers, right? And I, yeah. I think one of the things that they also have said a lot in their defense is that they are accelerating the kind of merger integration and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. I don't think they use those exact words, but compressing that, merger timeline you know they think is going to result in slightly elevated churn but but kind of yeah, the band-aid yeah. up sooner right well they, they want to avoid that gruesome fate yeah of, of dragging on of losing sprint customers by a drip and then having to explain that for for for, for the every earnings call for the next year or two of oh my god these sprint customers still haven't left you know so I think they want to clean up, and and either either you love magenta or you're not. But either way, we're going to solve that problem. Well, and regardless, their their top line numbers were quite good, both from a revenue perspective and from a net ads perspective. So, to their point, it's it's even more impressive to have the net ad numbers they did, knowing that they also have the, the some of the churn drag that they also alluded to. And where I was impressed was the ARPU number because. We know that Sprint's ARPU was higher than T-Mobile's, and ARPU year-over-year is up. So if you assume that higher ARPU Sprint customers left, and they were still able to increase ARPU year-over-year, and were basic, was basically flat compared to Q3, like a two or three cents down, right? That, that's a good job, right? Yeah, I thought they had a good quarter and and they're rightfully optimistic for this year. So it should be should be interesting. So that's that's T-Mobile. Let's let's pivot a little bit to the cable operators. I thought they they both had very good quarters, right? So yes. Charter added 380,000 
customers and Comcast added 312,000 customers. Yes, so. and I thought two very strong quarters. And I think especially with Charter, you see the the boost stage of the of their strategy by what you get when when you have third and fourth line being actually very competitively priced. That's where they got that acceleration here. And you see Comcast being stronger from that too. But especially Charter that I think takes wireless very seriously as a business. You know, you see them going up, growing you know, faster than Comcast at a higher ARPU, right? That's pretty good job, a very good job. And and I think, you know, whoever looks at the, the, you know, Comcast charter and probably, you know, Comcast, whenever they come on, they're not chumps. They are very strong competitors and in what used to be a very fragmented market and they are the they're the survivors and they're the survivors for a reason because they are very efficient and they're very good at what they do despite how much people dislike them but you know they're they're the the better companies and it will be interesting what happens when when cox finally comes through if they can ever get out of court with t-mobile right well they went into appeals right and and said like the lower court was wrong and we would still like to 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 offer wireless. So but that shows you how T Mobile plays hardball at the same time. Right? Because they're like, uh no, you can't take the lower price offer from Verizon. Thank you. You're stuck with us. And so yeah, it's it's a very it was a very good quarter for everybody. Once again, right? So I think, you know, looking into 22 i mean that's that's the big question on the wall right is like does this net ad splurge or or surge or whatever you want to call it continue or or how long can it continue i think it will come down and t-mobile gave guidance that they think five to five and a half million postpaid customers will come on board and half of that is phone and so if we do the simple math from this year right Say two and a half million from from T-Mobile, roughly the same from AT and T because you know we're we're uh, we're big inertia guys. If nothing changes, then the same trend will continue, right? You have then another two and a half there, and you probably have half from Verizon. So you have another million from Verizon on the phone side, and then you're at like six somewhere like that, and that's much more like a pre-pandemic number. Yep. And still twice as high as population growth. But we saw prepaid being anemic. Prepaid is anemic and, and lifeline seems to be past. It's 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 wild west days of the <laughs> fraud yeah, and, uh, and in broad daylight, right? Well, because in instead of lifeline, they take their APC money now and can spend it directly with Verizon, with AT&T, or Metro PCS. They get $30 off, right? Yep. Somewhere like that. So why not, right? And that, that gives you very often an entry level, well, there's no entry level, in, in unlimited prepaid. 
right? Yeah. 30, 35 dollars gets you there. Well, the, the cost of everything is going up with the exception of wireless service, right? Yes. So. Wireless is doing very well. And it's doing very well by the people. Prices have not gone up. And they deliver more and more at faster, faster speed. So if you're a consumer advocate, you should say, hey, these guys are doing a good job. Well, and on that positive note, I think that's going to that's gonna be it for this week. We'll, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll uh, talk to you next week, okay? Okay, talk to you next week. Thanks, Roger. Bye-bye. Bye.